Kindle friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shereen. And we are wrapping up spooky season, well, for most people anyway. We're wrapping up the month of October, which means we're wrapping up horror month over here at Fully Booked, and for most of the world who just decide that outside of the month of October, horror is like not a thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we are sitting here... Hugging spooky squishmallows. Spooky squishmallows. I have a little plague doctor guy. And Shreen has a little bat with a little, like, glitter stomach. Emily is here. And Aldrin. Is that what he's called? Yeah, his name is Aldrin. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I had no idea. I was just like, I want the plague doctor. Um, Anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we're still talking about horror today because it's the last week of October. Mm -hmm. um, And we thought it might be a fun thing to kind of, I guess, a fun way to cap off the month of October to talk about some monsters. Notably, I would say, probably two of the most well-known and most popular monsters in, like, horror literature and horror fiction. So those are vampires and werewolves. Um, Obviously, both of these have undergone many, you know, sort of changes over the years, many different iterations. I would say, as far as lore is concerned, I would say that vampires get more changes more frequently than werewolves do. I think that there's just something a lot sexier about vampires. Yeah. That, and something, I don't know, that draws us to them a little bit more and that make them a little bit... Um, I don't know because like a vampire like we we want to talk about them more almost like we see them all the time in like young adult or horror. oh so much like they keep coming back and especially again after our fucking twilight man <laughs> novel um you know since twilight there's been a lot more iterations of vampires in young adult yes um and werewolves you know, werewolves are underrated and we're going to get into it in a few minutes because I think that they deserve more credit than they get. They deserve more of the spotlight that they get. And maybe to an extent, because uh, vampires remain humanoid, generally speaking, we relate to them more and we relate to the, yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I picked it up. (laughs) (laughs) That they, because they remain in that form more, it's, it's easy to relate to something like that. So I think that that makes a difference. Whereas, you know, with a werewolf, most of us can't, most of us can't imagine turning into an animal. No. At any time. Like, how painful that would be. Oof. It sounds terrible most of the time. Yeah. Like, all the bones. Exactly. So, um, before we get started, though, and before we get into everything, uh, Shireen, what are you, uh, what's on your nightstand? Are you reading anything right now? Okay, so. uh, (laughs) Wow. You sound like you're about to start a whole speech. (laughs) Uh, Here's the earth. No. um, (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Like five people are gonna get that joke. Damn, that is a pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, this pretty much the same age as we are. Um, yeah. So I was. What was I reading? I was reading something that was like really heavy, so I kind of put it aside for a hot minute so I could pick up. Was it uh, your Ten Little Indians that you'd been that's reading? Five Little Indians. Five Little Indians. Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of Agatha Christie. Never mind. It's fine. That's right. Um, I got about halfway through, and like I can read a book in like a day. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, of um, course. But that one was tough, so I kind of put it aside for a minute. Um, 
and I picked up Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Did you Um, read the other one that you had? You had another one that you got? That's it. Okay, I did read Verity. That one was was not bad. Okay. I I accept Verity. Fine. I will put it on a recommendation list. I think that we had this conversation at the time that you picked that one up and the other one, it all ends with us or whatever. It ends with us. It ends with us. That's it. Um, at the same time. And I remember when you read you, it ends with us, you fucking hated it. And yeah. And I remember being like, maybe it will be better if it's a thriller. That's right. And so I read Verity. (laughs) Verity was not bad. Like I recommend you read it. Like it's it's not a bad, like, you know, afternoon, like a day and a half kind of read yeah. and with some twists and turns. But um, I just finished, I read um, Reminders of Him this week. <sighs> <laughs> so, I don't know, you know, why we keep doing this to ourselves. We all seem to like Colleen Hoover or everybody keeps recommending books by Colleen I see Hoover. her. I see her on lists oh, everywhere. I've never read one of her books. Yeah, um, she's all over the place. She's all over the place. Um, so I read this one, and oh, and you know, this is kind of timely because um, it starts with us came out last week, which is the. Is it like a prequel? No, it's. I think it's after it ends with us. Well, that's confusing. I know, and it's like <laughs> it's like from the point of view of the dude who she ended up with. Oh, but, um, okay. Because I was gonna say like title game is not on point here no. at all. <laughs> People have been going bananas over that one. Like, it's been all over uh, the internet this week. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So, I I picked up reminders of him to read it. And, like, it started off way better than it ends with us. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I was kind of like, all right. Like, I got to, like, the halfway point. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm I'm not minding this one as much. Like, it's believable. I feel for this character. Like, complex thing that happened. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it was like, you know, I was reading along and you know when you like see a book and you're like, okay, but I've only got like a hundred pages left and like there's a lot that still needs to happen. Yeah. Well, inevitably a lot happened in a hundred pages that just would not have happened in real Okay, in like that period of time. Yeah, which really irked me because I'm kind of like, you know, we started off so well with this like complex character, complex situation, complex human emotions and you know, you're getting into it. And then, like, the the ending is that basically this main character gets everything that she wants in her life. And I'm just like, that would have never happened. Like, I don't care how, it's also like, just understanding not, you are. It's just not how life works, no. is it? There is a tiny bug in this room, trying, yeah. and it's flying around, and I'm going to kill it. It's a Why? mosquito, so nobody be it's upset about that. It's not like a, it looks like a mosquito. It's not like a spider who everybody's going to be mad at me a if I say that I'm going to smash it. I Ew. would let you Ugh. kill a flying spider. Oh, God, I don't even like it when they walk on the ground. <laughs> a flying spider is the stuff of nightmares. Fuck, seriously. Oh, yeah. Like, if you could just come up with something. I feel like if Lovecraft had lived for longer, he would have been like, you know, like a spider, but like give it wings. <laughs> But like really big. Like really big wings <laughs> on a really big spider. Ugh, wash. Uh, <laughs> Disgusting. Anyway, okay, so this book is doesn't seem great. It just, it honestly, like it could have been like 300 pages longer and it would have been better. Wow. Very rarely I find does that happen where you're like, you know what, this book should have been much longer than it was. It's like, it's like if you're going to write a book about like a really complex like issue. I know, I know. You've got to like stick to it. Like yeah. you can't be like... I had a great idea, and now I'm just bored with it. Like, <laughs> well, because... Pump out some more books. Yeah, like, if it's sort of like, oh, I had this wonderful, like, idea for something, I guess, more 
more intricate and more yeah. complex. However, I'm not, I'm going to develop all of it, but then wrap it up in about two seconds. Exactly. It just, yeah, and no, that's it's true. what happened. It was like everybody like lived happily ever after. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. I don't think that that's not feasible. No. I just think that there would have been a lot more conflict. So anywho, what's yeah. on your list? <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't, I have to say, actually, I have a couple of books on the go and I haven't been reading very much this month. October is always like, a weird month for me. We're too busy shopping for spooky. I'm things. too busy like getting Halloween shit sorted. <laughs> and I mean to be fair too, we've been like kind of planning we're, you know, happily leaving on vacation for the mm-hmm. last when you guys hear this, we'll be um in Massachusetts because we are hitting up Cape Cod and we are hitting up Salem for mm-hmm. Halloween. I'm so pumped. It's gonna be great. Um, so I'm sure we're gonna have a blast with that. So we've kind of been planning things, getting stuff sorted, and I just, this month always gets away from me as far as books are concerned. I fall into a weird thing. And then November is usually rainy and sad, so I read a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I I tend to, like, read sad books in November. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Just what we want. Um, so I am, but I am currently, I am probably a third of the way through, uh, The Butcher and the Wren by Elena Urquhart, who, if that name sounds familiar to anybody who does listen to podcasts, she is the co-host of Morbid Podcast, which is a true crime podcast that I really like that I've been listening to for um, a number of years now. I love them. Shout out to Elena. She's wonderful. Um, And this is her first book that she published, which is basically like a... No, I I don't want to say a detective thriller because it's not a detective character that we're really following. It's a medical examiner. Mm. Um, I believe Elena Urquhart is an autopsy technician, so she actually has a lot of knowledge of sort of the intricacies of that. So it does, all of it sounds realistic to me when I'm reading it. I'm not like, that just seems fucking strange. Why would that happen? Uh, Which is cool. It's New Orleans set. We all know that New Orleans is spooky-ooky. There's a really creepy killer so far. He's gross. I don't like him. So that's good because I'm sure that's what it's supposed to be like. Bad juju down in the bayou. Yeah, pretty much. Although the it's not really, it doesn't seem to be juju related so far. There doesn't oh, right, seem okay. to be any voodoo happening or anything. It's just he's just creepy, oh, like right, very okay. fucking creepy. Interesting. Yeah. Um. But I'm liking it so far. So great. Good job, Elena. Congratulations. It's her first book. So good for her. I knew a girl once who wanted to become an autopsy technician. And she was like, I was a really strange kid. I wonder Aww. if she ever became an autopsy technician. Maybe. Alice, if you're out there and you're listening to this, I hope you became an autopsy technician. Yeah, good for you. That's a, a cool girl. That's an interesting fucking job to have. So, hey, why not? Um, yeah, so keeping it in the spooky vein, though, we should just get into things. Yay. And we should talk about some vampires. And we're going to talk about some werewolves. Woo-woo. Woo. Do you want to start? Do, you wanna, do we want to start with vampires? Since Let's they're they're start. the big one, I guess. Yeah, like I'm having like a mental problem with this discussion. I'll be full, fully <laughs> honest. <laughs> Where my brain is only getting stuck on Underworld right now. <laughs> That's not a book. I, I know, <laughs> but it's like every time you say vampires versus werewolves, I'm like the lichen. So Underworld. <laughs> um. Yes, vampires. Um. So I looked up a little bit of information about vampires, uh, the history of it. Sometimes we do research before this. On occasion, we do things because we're actually trying. Very brief research. Uh, (laughs) So I kind of had a look around and, um, you know, vampires have been in literature for a very long time. Um, Megan found that the first publication I mean, at least as far as I'm I'm, I'm aware, I guess was in 1819, um, and the story was called The Vampire. 
uh, with a Y by uh, John Polidori. Um, and it was a very successful story. Um, but I think a lot of people think that uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula was the first ever novel about vampires. That's not um, true. It's really the quintessential one. Oh, it is. And it is um, obviously the most popular and popularized, I would say, pretty much all of the lore that we're aware of about mm-hmm. vampires, like, to this day. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's what's really interesting about vampires versus werewolves, and, like, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of lore with vampires. Like, any book or any story that you pick up about vampires, like, you're kind of like, which vampire is this? Yeah, what kind of vampire vampire is this? And, like, I would argue, (laughs) I'm just going to say this because I saw this the other day and it made me laugh, but Mm -hmm. if you look at the lore and all the different types of vampires, they all have, like, kind of a weakness in some way or another. If you pick up Stephanie Meyer's Edward Cullen and his gang, they are, like, the strongest vampires that you could probably pick out because they have like special abilities you can't stake them you have to physically rip them apart. oh you have to because you have to like like lop their heads off and set them on fire yeah which actually can only be done by other vampires yeah because nobody can just rip a head off there if we're being like you know uh what's where i'm saying like honest with ourselves it's really only another vampire you they can go out in the sunlight okay they sparkle but like they can technically still go out in the daylight they don't have any issues with mirrors um and they can eat animal blood to survive so they can really blend in with people i think the animal blood thing is something that you see quite regularly though Mm, fair enough and it does, I th- okay, I don't remember, but I think in Twilight there may be, at some point, there may be a bit of an implication that if you only feed off of animals, you are a little bit weaker yes, than other vampires correct. who feed off of humans. Okay, all right, I'm glad I did not but forget that. But there's also the, um, the mention that the older they are, the stronger they yes, are. Yes, yes, yes. That's, um, I feel like that's almost always a thing. that's always For a sure. thing. For sure. Yes, that's always a thing. Um... Yeah, like from a vampire perspective, and I will leave the Twilight thing alone in a second, but from a vampire's perspective, that book really only got interesting when she started to introduce all the other vampires from all over the world who came. Oh, for real. Like in the fourth book, I think. Um, So if you want to look at it from that perspective, like I think it's really interesting to look at um, like a vampire from different cultures. So like... Uh, Eastern Europe is obviously where we all think. Oh my God! Those two from. in the fucking movie are oh the God, most the funny. They're absurd. <laughs> we don't care what you did, Carlisle. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> we've been waiting for centuries. They all sound like the Count from fucking Sesame <laughs> Street. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Or like, what's his face from Hotel Transylvania? They just, but they do. They sound like I'm expecting one of them to be like, you know, like that's two, two dead Volturi. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, like it's so absurd anyway um but yeah so the history of the vampire um it's known under different names uh striga in albania uh and as megan mentioned um if you think of the uh, guillermo del toro book that was yeah there's three books i think the strain anyway was yeah the master uh, they call him Striga. Strigoi? I think they called it Strigoi, if I'm not mistaken, which I think is oh, a Romanian term. That is. Strigoi is the Romanian yeah. term. Uh, in Greece, they call them Ricolacus. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. We're going to butcher all of this, by the way. Um, and I think, like, nowadays, we all pretty much accept that vampires are, like, fictional. Um, yeah. But they did originate from a very 
like real belief that they did exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in some cultures there is still, you know, belief that vampiric creatures exist, like the chupacabra. Oh yeah, that's right. Or vampire bats. Or vampire bats, yeah. I mean, they do exist. Vampire, vampire bats, bats are real. They so. Are real. Um, but yeah, um, so big history and a lot of lore behind vampires. Um, yeah. And you know, you can look at uh, Nosferatu. What was I watching the other day that had like various like vampire skulls with different like fangs? I was watching something. Huh. It was oh shit. How <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> we were watching something, was it Interview with the Vampire? No. I don't know. I don't know, some movie where they were showing, like, the different, like, skulls of different vampires. Interesting. With the different fangs, and I thought that was really funny, because it's like, you had, like, the two on the side. You have the two were, in the middle, you got the and, two in the yeah. Middle. You've got, like, um, all different ones, basically. Yeah. So, actually, fun fact, though, if people aren't aware Nosferatu like the silent film from the early 20s was not um it wasn't like an original like novel or anything adaptation it was technically an adaptation of Dracula um they had to call it something different because Bram Stoker's um widow and his estate they would not they weren't basically they wanted to stop them from making the film they did not want it to be adapted at that time Um, and they like disowned it. So I believe that they didn't have a choice, but to call it something different. So it's called Nosferatu. It's not called Dracula. And the character's name is Count Orlok, I think. I'm pretty sure that's what he's called anyway, but that's, yeah, it's technically, it is meant to be Dracula, but they had to change all the character names and they had to do all of that. But it is really a, basically a direct quote unquote, direct adaptation of Dracula itself. Um, and I'm not sure if the filmmakers were sued by Stoker's widow or not. They might've been, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she was not having it. She was not happy, which is hilarious because what, 10 years later they made the Bella Lugosi Dracula, which I think is the most popular right. film adaptation of Dracula ever. Even if you don't, you haven't seen it. A lot of people haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen scenes from it, you know what it is yeah. and you recognize like that version of Dracula, like that old tiny sort of like classic look, mm. classic voice mm. style Dracula vampire yes. specifically. Yes. And you know, Dracula, the OG, right? Like they keep remaking Dracula because I feel like yeah. the more, the more we see vampires in pop culture and we do still see them a lot. So yeah. We just mentioned the strain that was made not that long ago. Mm-hmm. True Blood, um, Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Um, you know, all these vampires, like, you know, off the top of my head, even if you look at, like, things like City of Bones that we talked about not long ago, they have a whole stint with the vampires. Oh, yeah, there are vampires in that as um, well. Harry Potter, there are vampires in mm-hmm. that one, but they don't really touch on it very much. It's really just... No, but they're mentioned a they're few mentioned times, but I don't think you ever times. see one or there's anything... Only just... once, and he's, like, kind of, like, on almost on a leash or something. Right. I can, yeah, because I could imagine in a world with magic, vampires would be fucking terrifying. Like, if you really got into it, that would be so scary. Yeah, like, for sure. But if everybody were magic, I feel like they wouldn't have much. Maybe not as much, unless they had abilities based on the magic of it. Because if you get it, it's like, if I'm thinking of things from a perspective of other types of stories that I've read, um, if you read the Dresden Files Mm. stories, they also have vampires, and that that particular series delves into, I believe, three different, what they call courts of vampires. So it's three different styles of vampires. So you have... 
a red vampire who's like, you're very classic. We drink human blood. We are very sexy. <laughs> and we don't go out in the Yeah, we don't go out in the Yes, exactly. We don't go in the sun. I'm pretty sure you can stake them. I don't remember all the intricacies of it, but like those, it's you're much more like classic style vampire, your yeah. stoker style vampire to a certain extent anyway. And then you have your, I think there's like an almost feral version of them that they yes. call black vampires yes. who are like, like their gross cousin who like are like basically it's like a gremlin vampire yeah. almost they like attack people with no thought and stuff there's yeah. just like they're crazy and then that and then that series takes it a step further in the books where you also have the white court of vampires mm-hmm. which are energy vampires specifically so they, they don't they feed off of people's energy when they touch them interesting and that's how they function them them as well it's like they're like very attractive like fucking like beyond supermodel right. attractive and everybody is because drawn of their ability everybody is drawn to them and everyone is attracted to yeah. them and so there's a specific character in the books who's actually the half brother of the main character of the series mm-hmm. he um he's an energy vampire and he basically feeds off of people in very small doses because he tries not to like murder people all the time because you can kill them if you take too much of their energy eventually he tries to do that by he works um as like a hairstylist and he pretends to be gay basically um so he just like jokes around with all the girls there and they all but they all find him non-threatening because they're like oh he's gay you know so whatever um and he just feeds off of the people while he's working and that's like how he gets what he needs yeah and you know it's funny because it's like they've been around for so long in literature that it almost feels like they are really well I mean it's not even that it feels like it's they really are a part of like our world history you know this this figure that we we don't think is real I'm pretty sure they're not I hope they're not (laughs) I hope not (laughs) Um, I don't want the world to be like true blood guys like I would just throw that out there no thank you I'm good exactly like it's like this this fictional figure that keeps coming back and we have this fascination with vampires and I think it's because you know to your earlier point they they are so much like us um Mm -hmm. in appearance but they are really like the worst thing that a human could be for sure and it's um uh, it's always obviously it very much differs from story to story Mm -hmm. however it's interesting to see what a different author or Mm -hmm. even a filmmaker or anything will choose to do with their vampire characters as far as whether or not they are happy with their situation it seems like you're either ecstatic or you're miserable right yeah there's no (laughs) there's no middle of the road there's no goldilocks level and and like you know if you look at Anne rice for example like her vampires are very much you have your lestat or you have your louis exactly you know like and it's the same in the vampire diaries you either you're either you're stefan or you're damon exactly and you like yes obviously as these characters develop in the stories you find other intricacies Mm -hmm. to it and you find depth to those characters but at surface level that that always seems to be what you see and even if you take that I'm going to talk about (laughs) non-books for a second if you take a look at like Buffy the Vampire Slayer you have your angel and you have your spike right you have somebody who loves it and somebody who fucking hates it you know yeah you always do um and and I guess that that's fair because I feel like if we were if if it were actually a possibility to become a vampire some people would some people would be into it some would hate it yeah and there would be no in between. And like, if you're just this immortal, you know, being now. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that's pretty much the um, 
the point across the board yeah. that they're always immortal. Yes, I think, I, I don't think I've ever seen or read that not be a thing. No, I think they're always immortal. Like they are killable, yeah. but they, they won't age and die of old age yes. or of illness. Or illness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless you get UV bullets and you shoot them with like like Blade? What are we talking about right no, now? No, I'm talking about Underworld. I'm back to Underworld. Oh, fuck, they do that in Underworld. I forgot. Yeah, they shoot them with yeah, but again, bullets. But again, that's still a thing that I find that's like caused by an outside thing. That's not your body aging. No, that someone no. is killing you, attacking you, whatever. Yeah, you can't get like vampire cancer. No, that's it. You know, whether it's like a, you know, it could be a UV thing. It's the sun. It's uh, a stick to the heart. Yeah. It's somebody chopping your head off. Yeah. It's, you know, like those specific things. And usually it does have to be something fairly extreme because they can be injured but normally if they're injured they heal immediately yes. which mm-hmm. is also a big thing yes. most of the time it's just like That's having common yeah, yeah common or they drink blood and then they regenerate and then they regenerate based on that yeah. depending on the extent of their injury there's always like a different there's always a different level true blood gets into a lot of levels in those stories I find mm-hmm. with it because like you know you have like okay what level of injury is it and then based on that yeah. do I need to feed off of someone or will it just kind of go away by itself yeah. you know I really kind of gave up on True Blood. Um, I tried, I think I watched one or two seasons Mm -hmm. of it. And then after that, I was like, these are just not my kind of vampires. Like, they're just, they're kind of assholes. Like, there's no redeeming qualities (laughs) about any of them. There are a couple of okay ones. And Bill. (laughs) Oh, Bill. Anyway, Bill gets real shit real fast. Well, there you go. Um, Yeah, I will say that um, as, as a lot of the characters in True Blood do peter out after a while like uh the last i'm sure a lot of people would agree i think the last season or two of that show was an absolute fucking mess um and i honestly didn't i've read i think i read all the books actually they're very different um and again after a few books didn't love it as much i was being like a weird completist about it so i just read like eight Mm -hmm. books for some reason i don't know why i guess they were fast reads um but i didn't love what they did with a lot of the characters as time went on i was just kind of like what the fuck is this like what's the point yeah (laughs) and like i get it don't get me wrong like it's hard to and i think maybe this is a point it's hard to expect character development from an immortal being who is fundamentally evil when you think about it supposed to be anyway supposed to be so it's like i think that this is again like our expectation as people is to see like some sort of character development where they become like lovable or they can kind of like you know put aside their like um evil their murderistic tendencies and you get like hope from some of them but i think at the end of the day we have to remember that you know I think that's what they did in True Blood was that they're just shit. Like, they're not... Yeah. They will take over if they can, and they pretty much can. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, right, is that I think it's difficult to... It's difficult to continue, I guess... For, for a long time, it would be difficult to continue a story like that because eventually, I think, even as an audience, you would expect that you're like, okay, but they're physically more capable than every human anywhere. Yeah. Um, so why wouldn't they take over? The only, the only sort of... I guess counterpoint to that that I would say is that I think that that's a large part of the reason why in pretty much every vampire story the vampires have some form of weakness because mm-hmm. if there were if they were impenetrable then there would be no reason for them not to take over there would be no justification for it whereas 
you know, if you, like anything else, like in your Dracula, in your True Blood, in your Vampire Diaries or whatever, you're like, yeah, but if they, if they did, yeah, maybe they could do it for a while, but eventually, like, humans would band together, they would make something like fucking UV bullets, right. and they would just kill all of them. Well, exactly, like, and, and I always found that really interesting in a lot of yeah. this, you know, either a book or a movie or whatever, it's always like that why would they not just take over? And then you kind of have to remember, well, they need humans as a source of food. And Mm -hmm. then it's like, well, they could just create like, you know, human blood bags almost. Pretty much. You know, just if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, it makes you wonder like, why don't they? Um, And, you know, to your point, it's, Maybe they just don't want to deal with the hassle of having to run everything. Yeah, and I think, I (laughs) do think that that is why an author will include specific um, points of weakness Mm. with those characters, like when they create those characters, because I think if not, it would just be, it would just be completely unbelievable that they would not simply take over the world, basically, and just run things yeah, that's it. But but even so, even the Volturi, because there are still some weaknesses to some extent, yeah. uh, not many, but they do still exist. Because of that, they choose to do so pretty much in secret. I think that they just can't be ours, to be honest. I think they're bored. I mean, what's, like, his, what's his face? Uh, Marcus? Marcus? He just wants to die oh, he's so bored. That fucking scene in the last movie, is it? Where, like, you know, in, like, the the possible flash forward that Alice has where he's just like, he was my favorite. He's just like, finally. And they rip him in half. I was like, oh, that's great. (laughs) I know. And he just wanted to die. But like, but honestly, if I were an invincible vampire. God, you'd get bored. But you'd get bored. But not only that, like, I wouldn't want the hassle of having to run the entire world. Oh, no. Like, I just want to kind of slink back in the shadows and let somebody bring me my dinner. For sure. Oh, no, for sure. And I I just... other shit to do. Yeah, I can definitely understand how, like, after a certain number of, like, centuries, you'd probably... Yes, you would get bored, but God, would you get depressed with the state of the world? Like, we get that way now. And we have a normal human person's lifespan as a general rule, well, so... Like, I would just hide away in a big castle and be like... Can't yeah, be arsed. Don't yeah, want to be bothered I, I, with it. I am not dealing with that shit. Like, y'all do what you need to do. There's way too many humans. Exactly. So basically, <laughs> final, final thoughts. Vampires can be very cool, <laughs> but they can also be awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for sure, as as expected. Like humans, they have intricacies, which is why I do think that they're the more popular mm-hmm. Um, kind of literary monster character, mm-hmm. basically, because yeah, we can see ourselves because we can see ourselves basically. Like, how would I react in that situation? Yeah. Um, which is why I think that they do mm-hmm. kind of act that way. Yeah, but but I'm following that up with a big but but big but um, we're <laughs> I like big but yes, <laughs> nice. Um, we're going to, I guess, flip things around a little bit to talk about a type of literary monster that I really feel deserves more love than it gets. And I won't get into too much whether or not it deserves more love than vampires because people will be mad. But <laughs> but um, I do feel deserves, I do feel that they deserve more love than they receive. They deserve more attention than they receive and probably more popularity than they've gained. And those are werewolves. Mm-hmm. Because werewolves are pretty fucking cool. You know, they might be a little bit more difficult to relate to, but that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, kind of want to read about them on a regular basis, maybe because they're so different. Well, I think the thing that I 
talking about werewolves, and like this is the contrast with vampires, and I know you've got some history to share. Yeah, with a little us, bit. It's like a werewolf can get sick because they're still human in the daytime. Yes. Right? Like, or whatever. Although, generally speaking, if we're looking at it, a lot of lore around them is also like sort of super healing powers mm. and they regenerate more quickly and all that kind right. of stuff. And they're not normally. Uh, immortal but they do live for longer usually or they have like a like a lengthy lifespan um they're a lot less broody than vampires too most of the time yeah (laughs) not quite as sexy because they turn into giant dog creatures and not everybody likes a big slobber i mean and yeah yes true (laughs) but in human form if it's like true blood like what's his face in true blood like oh yeah alcide there Yeah, you know, you can find some that are, like, along those lines. But they always make them sexy in their human form. For sure. Huge, normally, because they turn into giant wolves. I just like wolves. Wolves are pretty. (laughs) They are. They're interesting pack animals, I find. Um, So... Uh, I mean, so vampires, okay, so vampires do have a lot of lore and they do have a lot of a sort of like myth and legend around them based in like a lot of like Eastern European and that side of the world folklore. However, um, in doing a little bit of reading, um, basically and the idea of a werewolf in literature is traced back to Greek mythology. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, with the thing and thing. Like, Romulus and... Yeah, and there's a, basically in an old story, there's a story about an Arcadian king named uh, Lycan, Lycaon, I'm sorry, I probably did not pronounce that properly. Lycan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who tested Zeus uh, after he served him a dish of his slaughtered and dismembered son because he wanted to see if Zeus was really an all-knowing entity. Wow. And so because of this, Zeus punished him by transforming Lycan into a wolf and killing all of his children. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that can be traced. It's basically, so if we're thinking about it, that is a hefty and very long backstory. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it is very overreaching. And it's farther back, I think, than we think it is. Like, you just kind of assume you're like, yeah, okay, fine, maybe like. Yeah, I think we assume that like werewolves. Oh, maybe in like the 19th century or something, we started to know. Mm-mm. Yeah, like they were created like as a um, conflict for vampires because they were yeah. the only thing that could go up but against no. them. But no. I think because I think because so we so long like for so long in the world as long as it's existed we've had a relationship with animals in some way that I'm pretty sure that the idea of something like this could have been would have been more I guess realistic to have it around for a longer period of time mm-hmm. you know especially if you look back at like old folklore mm-hmm. and stuff um I do think it's also important to note that like I'm as far as I'm concerned anyway there's a difference between like a werewolf and like a shapeshifter mm-hmm. yes usually in um Lore-wise, anyway, uh, generally speaking, in, like, when the werewolf turns, it's usually on a full moon. Right. Whether or not they can control it, they normally can't, right. and they just mm-hmm. do it. Um, which I do feel is a really interesting thing, I guess, in comparison to a vampire, just because it's, um, uh, most of the time, werewolves are, are, are the way that they are. Like, a person who is a werewolf is that way, uh, because circumstances are completely out of their control um and generally they lose control at the time that they do turn yeah uh and it's interesting i guess it's interesting maybe it's almost okay it might be that for me the idea of a werewolf or being a werewolf would be scarier than being a vampire because i wouldn't have control over myself and my decisions right and 
and again, like we go back to, there's like kind of two different types of werewolves to your point. And the shape shift, shapeshifter notion is the one where they have more control. Yeah. Like they're a lot stronger. They can use it as a superpower. Whereas like when they're a werewolf, like it's more of a hindrance than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like again, I go back to the Vampire Diaries, the, ver- the werewolves in those, they were... Uh, not very functional until they started yeah. to create the hybrids, and then that was when they were more like shapeshifters. Yes, um, yes, so exactly. I think, I think it's an important distinction um, because, like, you know, a werewolf who's actually a werewolf and they have no control over their yeah. transformation or what they do once they're transformed is having a bad time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. And it's um, you're also much more likely to find a werewolf who is remorseful mm-hmm. for their actions. Again, because they don't have control over them over under certain circumstances anyway, I think that that does make a big difference, actually, in mm-hmm. the way that you view the character. I find a werewolf character, to me, is much more sympathetic than a vampire is. Yes, because it's like, it's, you know, our... It happens to all of us, right? You lose your temper, you get upset over something. But you don't necessarily rip people to shreds. Well, no. Like, it's an extreme example, but I think we can all um, sympathize with yes. someone losing control and then having to apologize for it later on. For sure. Whereas a shapeshifter is really like, you know, this is my superpower, like, I'm going to fight you in my wolf form. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do find this is always, like, a funny thing for me to think and it's you know depending on what story we're talking about it's not necessarily true but there's something interesting um I find physically in most depictions of werewolf versus a vampire not all of them obviously Mm. but in a lot of them you know it's very easy to describe a vampire as obviously very fair-skinned which is natural if they don't grow out in the sun um but also Uh, that you know it's not weird for them to be like very slight of build and almost like ethereal Mm. and very um god I don't even know how to describe this properly yeah like very very chiseled very chiseled but also like almost very um not effeminate like I wouldn't want to go that far with it necessarily but to Mm. have like a certain amount of like almost asexuality to the way that they function Mm. Um, and their appearance and things. Right. Like, because, yeah, the only thing that really, you know, draws them to anything is blood. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah, so, I think the asexuality makes it. But I, whereas, I think what you mean is like it's kind of like a more, <clears throat> more on the feminine side of appearance, but. Uh, not really following any gender rules because all they no. really care about is blood. No, and that makes it makes complete sense to me to yes. see that. Yes. Um, whereas I find that a lot of depictions of werewolves are like a big burly lumberjack, basically. <laughs> yeah, and then when you do get like the women who become werewolves, like they're often... Very like, athletic. Very athletic, yeah. Usually very toned and very athletic. Yeah. Um, which does make sense because wolves are very powerful creatures. Yeah. And they're an animal that has a lot of stamina mm-hmm. and a lot of physicality as well. And so there's a lot... I guess that's what it is. There's a lot more physicality involved in a werewolf mm-hmm. versus a vampire, which always kind of makes, which also works very well when you have stories that incorporate all of them because, mm-hmm. of course, it makes for an interesting distinction between the two. Yeah, and I think that, like, oftentimes when you do have a story where it is werewolf versus vampire, yes, yeah. the werewolves do have control over their shape-shifting because, yeah. like... If they have no control over what they do when they become a werewolf, then how would they use that 
to like battle vampires at any other time. I know yeah. that I know that in a lot of stories that I've read as well, though, what the only thing that will happen in um, certain stories that are more just directly werewolf focused is that the werewolf, whoever it is. Um, who is the werewolf in their human form, they'll have a tendency to still have a certain amount of heightened like sense and strength, not to like an extreme extent necessarily, but it does usually tend to affect them Mm -hmm. um, outside of that wolf form so that you do still find the distinction. So it's not just like complete, it's not like a Hulk situation. It's not like Bruce Banner and Hulk where there's almost no correlation physically between like what one is and what the other is and what one can do and what the other can do. Yeah. I find with werewolves, there's more of a cohesiveness to it, you know, where, um, and a lot of the time too, if people go through like a transformation, you'll see something like, "Mm, okay, a la Twilight, like a Jacob transformation where he said, I mean, okay, I'm thinking also, I'm thinking of like the book. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Lautner did what he could, but he couldn't make himself grow a foot and a half. (laughs) Uh, he tried. He did, sure. though. I'll give him... He had a lot of dedication to it, which, right. good for him, because it would have been difficult to do, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you think about the fact that, like, in the book, basically, Jacob grows over a foot taller, yeah, like gets fucking huge, five, yeah, yeah, gets fucking gigantic, yeah. um, and, like, super, like, toned and stuff, and yeah. you're like, because she's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? He's like, oh, just a growth spurt. It's like, um... That happened, that was, like, two months ago. You look completely yeah, different, my exactly. guy. Yeah, yeah, so that wouldn't really make it. Um, but it's true that a lot of the time in like pretty much every story I've read that does tend to be a thing that happens like you don't you know if the person was very squirrely before they won't necessarily um, remain that way Mm -hmm. when they do like go through that transformation basically so that's always that's always kind of an interesting one and what brings me I guess what brings me to one I guess like point that I have is that why I guess something that I really like about werewolves and something that I think should be more used, not that it never is, but something that I think should be more used in um, literature and media in general, as far as werewolves are concerned are specifically werewolves around like puberty and around Mm -hmm. transformation of self because you are, it is, it is the perfect sort of, coming of age supernatural horror kind of mix of things because you go through so many changes throughout like your adolescence um when you're going through puberty physically emotionally everything like you go through a ton of changes in your life and there's something about werewolves specifically and that transformation Mm -hmm. that I feel is just like the perfect sort of correlation between those two things um and every time I read or watch something that does that really well I'm always like oh this should be in everything Mm -hmm. like this should be something that's utilized all the time yeah yeah and you know it adds a little bit of a lightheartedness to the werewolf thing. Like, kind of. I mean, think like Teen Wolf or yes, Big yeah. Wolf on Campus. Oh, like, Big Wolf on Campus. That was such a nice Um, But, you know, they transform into a werewolf during like this time when they're a teenager. Yeah. And then they have to like, you know, hide their other identity yeah. and everything becomes kind of goofy and fun. Uh, whereas and it's... there's a very like sinister finality to turning into a vampire. Yes, yeah, you can never go back. There's no going back. How would you go back from you that? You can't. You you, can't. you are dead and kind of reanimated to a certain extent, just like a much better version than being like a zombie, obviously. Yeah. Um,
so yes, but I also, um, I guess, I guess I, what I really, I guess I just really like that in general because obviously we've been teenagers before. Mm -hmm. Um, and you already, when you're, uh, when you're that age, you feel, you already feel like you're going through so much. Yeah. So it just feels like a really appropriate add on yeah. to kind of be throwing this sort of physical transformation and something you can't control as well. You can't control your body changing by the time you reach a certain age. You cannot control how your body changes. You cannot control how your like voice changes um you can't really control your hormones like you can't control what's going on with you emotionally in the same way you don't we I find most of the time like we don't really have very good control over our emotions when we're that age like you you know you think back to the way you reacted to certain things now in life and you're like what the hell was wrong with me why did I make such a big deal out of certain things hormones the worst terrible <laughs> I don't I, I don't know why anybody would want to go back to being a teenager um I don't miss those fucking hormones at all no. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I think that's, I guess for me, I just, it's just something that feels perfectly, like a perfect balance, basically, is that it just feels perfect to have these young, like younger characters in stories who are going through everything that everybody else goes through, but just with this sort of like added bonus, yeah. good for you. Thanks so much yeah. for just like tacking this onto everything else that's going on. Yeah. And it makes for, it makes for a compelling character. It makes for a compelling story. Yeah. And also the supporting characters end up being a lot more interesting too. Yeah. Cause they need like a whole team of people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it does. Um, I feel like with vampires, in stories it's difficult for there to be like human sidekicks because yeah. they're more likely to get eaten at some point it's true and it doesn't mean that that won't happen um with a werewolf obviously right. however they like there are things that can be put in place to prevent that from happening like don't hang out with your buddy during the full moon yeah that's it like lock them in like a weird basement with a <laughs> bunch of chains, chains or something yeah chain the door shut i don't know like do something <laughs> but there are things that can be prevented and and that since it functions as a cycle, I don't know, maybe it's also because we're, we're female and we identify as female and my body goes through a cycle itself yes. on a monthly basis as well, yes. that because of that, I guess I can, I like finding, I find it, I always find it interesting to kind of find that sort of correlation with it. Because again, you're like, well, it's only for a few days of the month kind yeah. of thing. It's only for like this short period of time, basically. Uh -huh. uh, I did uh, not do that on purpose, surprisingly. She basically <laughs> basically um yeah I don't know I just I don't know I guess maybe also like growing up I just like I grabbed some of like the good ones like blood and chocolate and like some of those oh, other ones that too one. I we sh can we a movie oh it's so bad. so bad it's so terrible the book's actually quite good I really enjoyed it when I read it too, it's not a long, long book. Long so. time ago. Yes, I read it, but I think I read it in French. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anyone who reads in French out there. <laughs> I think I was using it as an excuse of like, look, I read a French book. Oh, maybe. That I think makes that sense. was what happened there. I stopped doing that when I was a kid. And I read like um, the Little Prince and stuff like that, like those oh, yeah. stories in French. And then I was just like, I can't be bothered with this. No, anymore. I had to for school. It was like you have to read French books, and I was like, Yeah, but okay. you went to a French school. I did yeah. not. The <laughs> amount of times I read Twilight in French, it's actually called Fascination, which is fascination. Ew. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> do you? That's weird. It doesn't make sense because it has nothing to do with like. The... Well, she is kind of fascinated. By yeah, it. but it has nothing to do with like a lunar cycle. Whatever. It's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> it is funny to me that there's so much talk about, like, the, 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 ugh, wow, 
words. Um, that there's so- <laughs> we are waiting on our Starbucks. Oh, to you can perk up can again. you tell um, <laughs> that there's so much talk about. Um, uh, like the titles of those books are all like, you know, either like a time of day or yes. something or something to do with like a lunar cycle. And they're technically about the, like the vampires. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do I with know. them? It should be about the werewolves. It should be about the werewolves. Like God, it's such a miss all the time. I will say that it's too bad that they don't. And the books even get into more of the, the background it's just an interesting correlation of like sort of first nations people being werewolves oh, and like all of their funny. folklore and history. That would have been fascinating. I think that should have been her spinoff. That would have been very cool. I would have been, I would have been really excited for that. That would have been so interesting to read. Well, you know what really grinds my gears? No oh, boy. <laughs> are authors who come up with like really intricate and interesting worlds and they just never go back to them. No, I know. It's, it's like, too bad. You could have done anything. We're all sitting here waiting. Like any type of spinoff we would like. But instead, know. you know what you do? You give us the same story from someone else's perspective and you're you like, I. Fucking weird alien book that like nobody really cares about. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I forgot about that. I forgot that was her. Yeah. That was a weird book. Or, I don't think I read the whole thing. Or you could be J.K. Rowling and you could write shitty mystery novels under a man's name. like. But everybody knows, so it doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I know that. But like for like two weeks, nobody knew it was her. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Nothing, <laughs> that wasn't going to stay quiet for long. No, no. It doesn't matter. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Anyway. Um... Yeah, I think, you know, I look, both of these monsters are fucking iconic. I don't think that we'll ever stop thinking oh. that they're iconic. And there's no, like, you know, we prefer one or the other. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I prefer vampires all day. I think I might prefer werewolves. <laughs> there we go. I love an underdog, you know? Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I don't know, I just, I'll never get tired of, I probably won't ever get tired of reading about either of them, but I will say that, um, I tend to roll my eyes about vampires more often, probably because I wind up reading more of it because it's more available. Well, I mean, we judge it more because there's so much more out there, right? For sure. Like, it's like, ugh, like, this one can go out in the sun. And this one one can't. Yeah, and this one, and this one is, like, immune, and this one you can see in a mirror. That was a, that's a weird rule. That was a weird rule. Well, you can't see it in the mirror? Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't have a reflection. I think it's because it doesn't have a soul or whatever, and that's its whole thing, but I'm not sure. See, I always thought that meant that it was a ghost. I mean, it should mean that. No, it should mean that. It should mean that it's a ghost. (laughs) That makes more sense. Casper, the friendly vampire. Oh, lordy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Well, we're wrapping up Horror Month, but we've been really excited to do this. It's been a blast. So we hope that you guys have enjoyed everything. Um, You can let us know what you think of both vampires and werewolves in literature over on our Instagram page at fullybookedca. You can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still with us for all of the spooky talk, you can feel to, you can, ugh, God, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. We spend a lot of time doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we do, we appreciate it. Um, but until next month, guys, Keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.